What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, November 25th, 2013. You guys listening to episode 137, and uh, I am feeling good. I'm a little tired because I had a crazy, crazy morning today, which I will get into, but um, got a great show for you guys. Going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, I had a great weekend doing stand-up. Uh, unfortunately, the giant game yesterday that I got to talk about that, that was, uh, rough, got an unacceptable, going to talk about, uh, Thanksgiving, all kinds of shit, uh, that happened this year, what to be thankful for, all that good stuff. want to talk about a documentary I saw on the history channel and, um, just, uh, get into this thing. So sit back, relax. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And um, getting ready to be with your families on uh, Thanksgiving, which is, I can't believe, man. I just can't believe that, not even that Thanksgiving, I just can't believe Christmas is is like a month away. It's just insane. I, it's, it's just time flies. Looking at my kids growing up, it really does fly. When they say it flies, it flies. Anyway, I'm going to get into the show. Uh, well, first I'll tell you about the morning. Now, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but pretty much, you know, as a comic, I am with my kids during the day, obviously. My wife goes goes to work. Now, my son goes to school. My wife and my son kind of wake up. My daughter stays in the crib. I kind of stay in bed till whenever my daughter gets up, which is sometimes brutally early. And other times she just hangs in the crib and, you know, when she wants, like when, like she'll talk to herself and I'm sure any parents listening to this know sometimes they kind of talk to themselves, they roll around, they have a good time, they like let you hear them on the monitor laughing to themselves and then they go back down and they lay down for another hour and then when it's time to go, they're just like, daddy, like my daughter is so funny because my daughter will be like, Dad, like she'll just like start like talking, mumbling like daddy and talking and all of a sudden when she wants to come out, daddy, daddy. And I'm just like, okay, that's the time to get up. So unfortunately for me, it was kind of early today and my wife and son left for work. Now, um, <laughs> sometimes my wife leaves and very soon after my wife will say something like my wife will call and say, all right, babe, I hope you have a good day. Just want to let you know, let's try to get this, this, and that done. Or, oh, don't forget, like, you you wanted to do this. Like, she'll remind me of something. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I don't mind. I'm up. I'm sitting with my daughter. My wife calls. I'm cool with it. But sometimes I'm just like, I really don't want to talk until, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, like, to anybody. Like, I'm just, what is she going to say? So my phone, my cell phone was dead. Now, I don't know wherever you guys are listening to this, what the temperature is by you, but today in New York, it was insanely cold. You know, you hear the wind just blowing against the house, and it's insanely cold, and, you know, you don't want to do anything but just stay in, put the heat on. You know, I was going to just hang in the house with my daughter, you know, eat some lunch with her, relax, watch some TV, go get my son from school. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Today my my uh, today I, we couldn't do that because uh, it was my son's. My wife was working from home today, but she drove him early to school. Today was like a Thanksgiving meal at his school that we all went to midday. But anyway, so my wife is on her way to bring my son to school, and I'm hanging in the house. And sure enough, I hear the phone going off. My the landline's going off, and I'm going. All right, she's gonna tell me that I need to do this, that I need to do that. And by the time I get to the landline from where I was, I don't, 
and she I missed the call. So I try calling her back. She doesn't answer. So I hang up, and all of a sudden, the landline goes off again, and I pick it up, and she answers the phone, and she goes, babe. And I'm going, oh, here we go. And she goes, what? She goes, I think something's wrong with the car. I think I just ran out of gas. The car stopped. Now, I got a brand new, I got a 2012 Nissan Maxima. So I'm like, she's like, I think the car ran out of gas. Luckily, I'm in a spot where I pulled over, and I'm safe. And we're in the car, but you need to pack the baby up now and come out here. I mean, when I tell you, that was literally the last thing. I mean, with the weather, how tired I was because of the weekend that I had, which I'll get into after. But the last thing in the world I wanted to hear, other than, God forbid, something happened to somebody or there's an accident, anything like that. The last thing in the world you want to hear when it's like 10 degrees outside is, and then your wife and son are in the car, ran out of gas, pulled over on the side of the road. You got to get into the truck, pack your daughter up and go. And my daughter's not feeling well and she's in her pajamas and I just want to give her breakfast. So it's an absolute nightmare. Just a, just a nightmare of a mom. I'm like, holy shit, this sucks. So I put my daughter's jacket on, you know, and she's just, she doesn't know what the hell's going on and I'm rushing around and my wife's calling me. Are you in the car yet? Which another thing? That's another thing you hate. I understand that, but like it, it's just like I'm coming. Like I get the imp. I, I understand the importance of the situation. I know you need me. I know you're sitting on the side of the road. Like that's the funny thing. W- w- would she think that I would just be like, all right, let's um, you know what I'm gonna do? I think I'm gonna take a little nap, maybe first, and then um, straighten up the house, knowing. That the people I love the most are sitting on the road in the freezing cold uh, when the car can't move. Uh, you know, of course I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm on my way. So we get in the car, driving down. They, they didn't get far. And uh, now what happens is we have the two cars. And sometimes when a car, and we don't like to keep the cars less than a quarter of a tank because we live up here. We live up in the country and the gas stations are not really far, but you know, you gotta, it takes, it takes a minute. Now, luckily me and my daughter didn't go somewhere and get stuck while my, you know, what if my wife was at work and my phone was dead? So just a nightmare, but it's very rare a car runs out of gas, especially like a brand new one. Cause usually when you get the warning, it takes forever. And we were just like, holy shit, like we couldn't even make it to a gas station. And the cold weather, I heard, I didn't know this, but apparently super cold weather makes the gas go down more. So if you have a car and you're like five minutes from a gas station and you're like like close to E, if it's going to be like, you know, 20 degrees or lower and the car's sitting out there, I guess it does take the gas down a little bit. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but I've noticed that with cars. So we don't know if that happened. We don't know what. The car didn't need a lot of gas to get going again, but it, it still sucked. So I, I pull over and I see them and we run out to a gas station and I get one of those, you know, you get one of those containers to put gas. I bought like a five gallon container and they charge a fucking arm and a leg for it. I, I paid like $20 for this five gallon container and we go and we drive back to the car. I have everybody safe off to the side, you know, warming up in the truck and I go out to the car. And the thing that I tried to like, you know, the way that has that long extension piece and you got to hook that up with the with the black little, um, you know, uh, knob there. That wasn't when I was squeezing to open the lid that wasn't working. 
and like my hands are freezing and I'm squeezing the sides of it to try to pop this thing open. It's not working and I don't know what the hell's going on. And instead, I just made a, I just made a, a, an executive decision at that moment. Like, you know something, the hell with this. Fuck it. I'm going back to the gas station and I saw one of those long funnels. And I'm like, I'm just filling this gas tank up and I'm just dumping it in a funnel. I'm not going to sit here playing around with this twisty thing trying to do it. I said, I'm sticking the funnel in the damn tank. I'm pouring the fucking gas in it and that's it. So I get back in the car real quick and my wife's like, what happened? I go, this thing, it's not working. I'm freezing. I'm just getting the funnel. So I run back to the gas station, only like three minutes away, get this long black funnel, go back to the car, shove it in the tank, take the five gallons of gas, pour it in. Gave me actually a lot of gas, which was good. I put the shit in the back of the trunk, you know, make sure that, you know, there's no, cause I, that's the worst thing when that happens. You smell like gas. It's the morning. All I want to do is eat some breakfast and drink a coffee. I don't want to smell like a fucking mechanic at eight o'clock in the morning. So I go, uh, in in the car, we drive back to our house together. She follows me. I go back. I take the gas tank. I put it in one of the sheds so I don't have to worry about the car smelling. Now that car's got gas. We get in the truck, which had gas, and now we all take my son to school. And my daughter starts freaking out. So it went from that hell cold morning to the gas thing to now the gas thing is resolved and maybe we could just go and we'll have a nice... We'll drop my son off to school, and me, my wife, and my daughter will have a nice breakfast, and it'll be a night. We'll salvage this. It'll it'll be you know a half hour of of a shitty morning, and we'll make this better. And my daughter is screaming. We finally get to Dunkin' Donuts. We get some stuff. You know, I give my daughter a you know, a donut, and she was happy for like ten minutes, but she's having a bad day because she's sick. And everything I did today was just. Like, you know when you just have those days where it's not bad, but it's just not 100% convenient? Like, I came home, and I, I needed to take, I needed to sleep. I needed to just go down and sleep because of the weekend that I had. And I get into this deep, you ever sleep, like, just so, like, coma sleep? Like, just, like, long, vivid dreams, and you remember, like, perfectly, and you're just out. Like, it was just just a deep sleep. I'm having one of those, and all of a sudden, I got to get up. We got to all get up, pack the cart, go to my son's school, and eat this turkey thing, which was very nice. His teachers are lovely. It was great time seeing my son, having a good time. We had a great time, and then we go back home, and I get into another sleep, and I'm also getting kind of sick, run down from everything going on, and now that so much is done, and my body, see, that's what happens, I think, like, you get really, you get going, you get so busy, you do so much shit, and your body knows, it's like, all right, you can't get sick, you gotta go, but then your your body also knows when it's time to calm down, and that's when you get sick, so I come home, I'm sleeping again, and then we gotta get up and go again, so I just, it's just been a crazy shitty day, I don't need to continue with my day, I probably bored you guys to death, but that's the fucking day that I had, so... Since I had to deal with it, and now I'm doing my podcast, episode 137, <laughs> you had to deal with it because it makes me feel better. But um, I'm going to get unacceptable for the day, uh, unacceptable for the week, out of the way early in this podcast because it did happen at Dunkin' Donuts. And I it was so blatant and rude that I, I really didn't even know if it was a joke. You ever see something so blatant and rude that you're like, there's no way, like this is like in a movie? Um, I'm online at Dunkin' Donuts, which was wrapped around, Dunkin' Donuts could be a nightmare. It just goes to show how, like, people 
in in this country and maybe not just this country maybe it's everywhere but people really need like a pick me up or need something to get on with their day like it's very rare that I, th- I think it's it's I think the the people that just wake up, get in their car, go straight to work, and deal with food and coffee like later, I think that's rare. I think people wake up and they're either so just anxious or just hate their job or are so tired. I think they just are like I I can't do shit unless I go get an espresso right now. Like I'm not doing shit like that, and which is funny to me, but I, I think that that happens a lot. And 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 the proof is is go to, um. The Dunkin' Donuts or the Starbucks. I mean, you just see the line is wrapped around the rope and all that stuff, and it's crazy. So I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and there's this big guy in front of me with white hair, and he's just like kind of looking around. He's looking around, and um, I don't know if he's being impatient or what, but he's just standing there, not saying anything. I could just see that he's observing things, kind of like I was, and maybe he's thinking, oh, my God, this is a shit show like I was. And then finally, two registers were open, and finally he gets to the one register, and then the lady next to that register calls me over and says, you know, you could come on with your order. And as I'm trying to order my food, okay, and I'm not going to lie, it's clear that the people behind the counter aren't American, or they're, they're you know, Latino, um, or, you know, they, they just weren't, I guess, what, thi- what this guy, I mean, was being so blatantly rude, but this guy was just like... I don't know if he was upset thinking that people can't speak English to mess his order up. And listen, I get that. I've talked about this on the podcast that it can definitely be frustrating when you're in America, you try to get something, you're in a rush, you need something, and the person behind the counter looks at you like you have two heads when you're asking for something obvious and clearly, and they don't get it. I understand, especially if you're in a rush and you need to get something done, that can be frustrating. I do. And and fuck you if you're out there not not in a bigot way you fucking like what does that mean you know like no I'm I'm saying I don't give a shit what anybody says when you want to get something done and it's easy and you order something and they look at you like you have like like you're the problem it's fucking annoying and I get that but this guy before anything happened and these people at this Dunkin' Donuts which is in our old neighborhood where my son goes to school I've been there I've seen them work and I, I know. And this guy must have too. This guy literally, as I'm trying to order, I hear him go, all right, now it's probably going to be a project for you people. All right, it's probably going to be a project for this guy. You know, like he's not getting this right, huh? Like just, and at first I thought he knew the guy and I thought he was just making a joke. So I'm sitting there going like, oh shit, like this guy's, this guy's just, you know, messing with this guy. And then I see that the worker that was, you know, the employee that was about to pour the coffee is not laughing. And like the two women that are next to the guy, behind the counter so it was two women and this dude behind the counter and then somebody over there by the microwave making those shitty egg sandwiches um which i got that smoked sausage that smoked spicy sausage thing i don't give a shit that thing is delicious so he's going yeah this guy is gonna be a project for this guy you think this guy will get it right huh and he's just like looking and i'm like oh my god this guy's not joking and it was like that evil racist from the movies almost like the way that he was you know, like, like he had that thing where, you know, you know, those like awful, like that, that like American history X, like they should take you niggers and spicks and hang out for everybody to see. Like he had, without the Southern accent, he had that going on, that vibe. Once I started to hear him talk, I was like, holy shit. And the lady sees my face trying to order. And I'm just going, so then the guy hands him his coffee and he looks at it and he goes, yep, yeah, no, not right. Pour some of that out and pour some coffee in it, will you? Yeah, big project for this guy. I knew it would be a project for this guy. This guy can't get it. 
this guy's a, and then the guy takes the thing and I'm trying and I, and as this is going on I'm like yeah let me get a uh, let me get a coffee and like she knew that I was listening and then the guy pours out the the, the coffee and pours more coffee in and the guy looks at it and goes no nope, no nope, pour some out <sighs> project for this guy this guy so can it be this wasn't being gonna be right project for this guy and everyone just starts getting off like awkward and it was really really belittling and it was really fucked up and I'm not gonna lie and it was unacceptable and that's unacceptable for this week to make somebody feel like that and I, what bothered me was like I was ordering my food and the guy didn't do anything to me and the guy did it in such a way where like if I said something it might have looked weird but at the same time like I never want to be like some like step in to be like the cool like hey dude don't talk to him like that I wasn't trying to do that I was tired it was the morning I just wanted to get on get on with what was going on and get my breakfast but I feel bad I didn't say something like I, I should have said something like I mean the guy was pissed he waited on a long long line got a little coffee and I guess they didn't get it right but he like expected it and just started shitting on him early and maybe it, and like the guy behind the thing was like oh you want it light right there is the light and he goes no 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 pour that out and put some coffee in it okay it's a project for this guy look I know can it be you know, and and I was oh man it was so rude it was unacceptably rude it really was and that's unacceptable for the week and part of me wanted to say like hey man like come on this guy's trying his best like you know, and I didn't even know. And then the guy just kind of walked out and I was like, holy shit, man, there's still people like that, that are like vent about it after, but that w it was just assuming that, that it was going to go wrong. And then when it did, he just, it was like, ah, it was really tough to watch. And it made me think there's no way that this guy <laughs> is liberal at all. <laughs> or or like even close to like this guy was one of those like if it wasn't about him or whatever he just didn't care and he was gonna gonna say something about it but it was really embarrassing and then I saw the employee the guy just kind of go in the back for a second and I was just thinking about what he was doing probably just throwing dough across the wall and you know calling this guy some fat you know, white cocksucker that he wants to strangle to death with fucking, you know, just choke to death, just shove in like tater tots in his mouth and pour like grease on his face. Then he came back with a smile, but it was tough. It was tough to watch. So that's unacceptable for the week. Cause listen, I, and I've said it many times, if you don't do your job right, you know, it's something you should know. Like I've talked on a podcast about the time where I asked for where the baby water was in Target and the girls are going, oh my God, I don't even know. Is that bad? Oh, my God. And, and and it wasn't cute, and it was ridiculous. And I get it, I, you know, but this guy was just trying to make coffee. People have different coffees, and people have coffee in so many different ways. Like, to just assume, and, and, like, it's going to be a project for this guy. He was basically calling this guy a dummy and saying, I know you're dumb and going to fuck this up. So let me just see how many times you do fuck it up, and, and then just mocking him while he was doing it. It was really bad. And today I saw another one, like, I, you know, I saw, I was in Target today with my wife and kids, and an employee walked up to another employee. Now, it's November 25th, okay, the week of Thanksgiving, the Monday before Thanksgiving, and I actually heard an employee of Target walk up to another employee of Target and go, when is, when is Black Friday? 
Like, which Friday is Black Friday? And my wife and I just looked at each other, and I was like, holy shit. And that can be annoying, and it's messed up that that, like, that, that people that are getting paid to, to help customers are like that. But what this guy did was just flat out wrong. You know? I'm pissed. I'm kind of pissed I didn't say anything to the guy. Even if I did it in a joking way, like, oh, relax, buddy. There's a long line. There's a lot of people here, you know? He doesn't need this right now. You're making it worse with your fat mouth. I should have said something, but I was, you know, like I said, I was tired. I had I had other bigger fish to fry on this day, but just crazy. So unacceptable for the week is treating people who are trying to do something like that. That's 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 pretty bad. Um, all right. Get into the weekend. Uh, I had an amazing weekend of stand-up, everybody. And um, once again, and I'm happy to announce this. I haven't announced this in a while, but I wanted to say that the Verzi Effect podcast numbers are better than they've ever been. I have more and more uh, listeners all the time, and um, I'm getting more messages from people. People are emailing me, and people are um, sending out tweets and emailing me that they're first-time listeners. I think I have more first-time listeners now than I ever have. So um, I really do appreciate it. Welcome aboard. I know some of you guys have only listened to the first two episodes, but the feedback has been great. And um, where you been the past two and three, almost three years, dicks? Kidding. I know you just met me. That's not fair. But thank you for for jumping aboard and uh, and enjoying what you've heard so far. I hope you continue to listen, and I hope I can make your day somewhat um, better for an hour or so. So thank you, and please spread the word. And again, like I tell everybody, go to iTunes and put in your comments. So we try to keep building this thing. But I had a great weekend of comedy. I was at Stand Up New York in New York City Friday for two shows. I did a packed-out show downstairs on the first show of the night. And then I went upstairs, and they have this little lounge up there, and it's called the Stand Up New York Lab and it's just a place to do live podcasts. It's a place to work out a half hour or an hour. It seats about only 30 or 40 people. And it's kind of just upstairs of the comedy club, but a little, you know, like awesome room to experiment with stuff. And after I did the first show downstairs, I went up there and I had a great time. So please check that out and support them. Stand Up New York uh, is another one of my, my home clubs like The Stand is. You know, one's on the west side, one's on the east side, but but a great time. And... Uh, Saturday was a great day. Saturday, and this is kind of, you know, bittersweet, but um, as you guys know, um, I, uh, you know, when I can, when the schedules work out, I open for Bill Burr, and um, who's a dear friend of mine, and it's been an amazing year. Um, it's been an amazing year for everybody, um, you know, that, that, that are, that's in our kind of, I guess you could say, I don't want to call it a click because I'm not really a click guy, but just like my, my close friends and my dear friends and, and Bill being that and going on the tour this year and doing all the stuff we did has been amazing. And we thought that doing the, um, the, the Philadelphia, uh, the New York city or the DC, the New York city and, and Philly was going to be it. But we had one more, um, which was at, uh, by the way, my favorite room, I'm not kidding, my favorite room in America as far as a big venue of over a thousand. Um, well, one of them in the top, I would say top three, top five is uh, Southern Connecticut State University. And uh, if you're listening to this and you were at the show Saturday, man, you guys were the shit. It was amazing. And it's right near the campus. It's right. It's basically at Yale's campus. 
So um, we thought that that little run we did was was going to be it. But then Bill was like, no, I'm in Connecticut now. I live in, um, you know, I live in northern Westchester County, which is a suburb of New York City. And, I, and where I live is very close to the Connecticut border. So Bill was like, let's do this last show and let's go to the Yale Bowl. So, and, and the Yale Bowl is, was so close to my house and it was one of the, you know, the biggest games for Ivy League in the country. It was uh, Yale versus Harvard, not far from my house. We go down there and uh, Bill had told me just because he's, he fucking knows all of this shit. It's like one of his things to know, but the Yale Bowl was the first bowl. It like, it was the first designed like stadium. That's just like that bowl around. And, um, the weird thing was. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like packed, which is funny. And I've never seen more fucking nerds go to a football game in my life. I mean, they, I mean, they, like, like when their team scored, it was like, it, 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 they like clapped like, Hey, we score. Woo. And then that was it. It was, I've never seen that many fucking, there was loafers in the place. There was, I mean, there, there was like, you know, grown men in tight pants. There was fucking, it was, I mean, you're, you're seeing Harvard, Yale. You know, like the next director of the CIA is playing fucking safety out there. It's a bunch of accountants running around. They were all small. It looked like it was like a. It looked like I'm not even joking around. If I put on pads, I could have rushed for 25 yards that game. Straight cold out of the out of the like no stretching. Like if they would have just been like, yeah, you that dude right there, come down here. And like if they said if they whichever team Yale or Harvard, if they threw some pads on me and I played tailback, I'm not kidding. Like if they gave me like seven to ten carries, I'm getting 25 yards in that game, cold right out of the stands. I mean, it was a nerd bowl. It was hilarious. The the people, I've never seen that many Asians at a fucking football game, which was funny. Um, and I don't mean that in a racist way. I just mean it was funny. Like the, the people, the way they were dressed, there was like jeans and scarves with, with nice shoes. Like it, it was, it was everything opposite of going to MetLife stadium to see the giants play. Or if you went to, you know, one of these NFL stadiums with these animals painting their face and taking their shirts off. It was just really, really smart people watching a game. It, like I said, it wasn't packed and it was, um, uh, you know. But it was fun. It was freezing. It was freezing. Luckily, we were dressed right. But it was really close to where we were performing that night. We had a great time at the game. We smuggled in a couple of beers. And they didn't even care. Uh, and the nice thing was it was so cold outside that the beers were just ice cold. Like, you know when you drink a beer at a game and by the time you're halfway down or you're three quarters of the way down, the beer just kind of gets, you know, you're like, oh, man, I should have pounded it more to get more of the cold. Well, this thing was cold down to the end, which was great. But we were really tired. I was really tired, and we had a show. And that's something I really don't like to do is drink the day of a show. But two beers at a game at 1 in the afternoon when the show is at 8, it's not going to kill me. So that was awesome to just go and see Yale, Harvard. And um, and then we rested up for a little bit at the hotel before the show. And here was the coolest part about this show. I did... Southern Connecticut State University with Bill last year and we were both like holy shit man like we don't want to do any of the same material anything like that because we were here a year ago and the cool thing was I did over 20 I did about almost 25 minutes and I didn't do one joke 
I didn't do one joke in the 25 minutes this year that I did last year. And all of these people came out. And last year, I thought it was so great. I told this college story about how I got arrested. And it went over so well. And I was like, man, I can't tell that story here. And, you know, even though it wasn't all college kids, there was people, you know, it was mainly just the public going to this school to see the show. Um, it was so cool to have people go, man, I saw you last year. You did a great job. And then tonight you killed with all new stuff. It was just so cool. It's one of the best venues, about 1500 people. The stage is awesome. It's like cozy. Even though there's like 1500 people there, you don't feel like there's anybody there. And it was an absolute fucking blast. The crowd was amazing. Uh, I had a great time. Then Bill came on stage. He crushed for over an hour and a half. Great time. The crowd loved it. And we just had an awesome time. The only thing that sucked is it was our last one of the year. And it really was. So we kind of talked about that. And then we came back to New York. And we celebrated. We had a little celebration. And um, probably another reason why I'm run down and tired. Because we just hit it so hard. But an amazing year working. Uh, I was just so much. So uh, without being corny on this Thanksgiving episode. A uh, lot to be thankful for. And, and that's one thing that I wanted to to talk about here, and then I'm going to get into some other stuff, we got some sports to talk about, and um, and um, also I want to talk about uh, my friend Adrian, who uh, did a fantastic job on Letterman this week, I want to talk about that, Adrian's been on the show before, and she's one of my dearest friends in comedy, but um, before, I, before I get into that, I just want to say, like, so many times people... And I know some of the people are like, yeah, we get it, Virgil. What the fuck, man? Move on with the show. Yeah, you're thankful, man. You got, yeah, like, no. But in, in all seriousness, and especially people who are, it just seems like sometimes it's never enough for people, you know? People are always like, man, I need the next thing. I need this. I need that. And like, you know, and I'm like that too. And, you know, when you're super competitive and, you, and you're, you're progressively moving along, you just want to take over the world and do everything. But you got to really stop back and, and look. So um, that's one thing that I'm looking to do this year. And, and, and when you kind of get your mind to that, you feel better. You know, because I was just looking back and I was like, man, like a lot of great things, you know, being able to do the Montreal Comedy Festival this year was amazing. Being able to do stand up on TV live um, on a new network was amazing. And um, just touring with one of the best comedians in the world and, you know, writing and doing new material and just having things, you know, go the way it is. But most importantly, you know, my uh, my my family is is healthy and doing well and we're going to be together in a couple days, man. So, um and I remember, uh, I remember, I was in Montreal and I was talking to Big J Okerson, uh, amazingly funny comedian, and, and he said something. He's like, "So people don't sit back and think about what they got, man. Like, happy where they're at, and you gotta be." So, um, you know, thankful for that, and I'm gonna really sit back and, and enjoy that, man. And you know, it's just just keep moving forward. So, uh, it was a great year. Um, not only just, you know, not only opening for Bill, but, you know, traveling myself, headlining myself and, and just getting better at my craft. So, and all you guys contributed to that. So one of the best compliments I got is somebody said, yeah, you know, Verzi seems like he really cares and likes his, is is the people that, you know, that support him. And I do, man. Like I, I've always said, like, I think. I mean, just hearing stuff like people saying, oh, man, thank you for, for being you and, and I love listening and, and all that shit, man. That's the shit, dude. Like, that that's who I want coming out to see me at shows. I don't want some judgmental asshole. And, of course, I get those, I get those you know, comments. In the business that I'm in, you got to be able to take that. You know, you'll get like 100 people going, oh, my God, I love this guy. This guy's funny. And then you'll get one, two people going, well, you know, he was too raunchy and I really didn't like what he did. You just fuck you. You know, I, I want to weed those people out. Those I don't want those people coming back. I want the people who listen to my podcast on a consistent basis coming to see me. So 
thankful for all that and thankful for you guys, the listeners. Uh, I really am. So moving on from that, I wanted to say that, um, my friend, my dear friend, Adrian Appalucci, I put it on Facebook. I hope you guys saw it. I know some of you did. Uh, Adrian Appalucci and I have been doing comedy together um, for a long time in New York City. She is truly um, one of my dearest friends and, and somebody that, you know, I can call and talk to and she could call and talk to me. And, you know, she's she's been up to my home and she knows my family and she's just a, a friend. And, you know, we go to auditions together. We do this and that together. And um, she did Letterman. Um, I think she taped it on Wednesday or something, and it was on on Friday. But it was it was great. She killed it. Her jokes. She. And I've always said this about Adrian. One of the smartest and um, just best joke writers out there. She really is. She's. Uh, she's. I just love her joke writing. She has a style all her own. She just stands there and tells these jokes, and and you know some of them are dark and dry. Some of, but they're all they're all hilarious. And she did a great job. And uh, you know Letterman even um, let her come to the couch and then at the end which is unheard of for him and and then he you know he plugged her um her name and next show and where she was going to be and it was really nice so uh shout out to my dear friend adrian appalucci who, who absolutely nailed it uh great set she hammered the set home and it was awesome you guys could check it out just youtube it adrian appalucci on uh, on youtube really really funny and it, and it was great to see um, you know, one of your own, one of your friends, and we went down to the stand Friday after I did the two shows at Stand Up New York. Uh, everybody showed up at the stand, and they had it on the TVs at the stand, and they, you know, they put the sound up, and everybody at the bar, and everybody watched it with her, and uh, it was great. So uh, I just wanted to uh, to say congratulations to my friend Adrian Appalucci. Okay, um, well, another thing I needed to talk about this week, covering all bases here this week, everybody. Um, the 50th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Now, like an idiot, I come home and I could, I should clearly go to bed. I'm exhausted. I need to sleep, get my rest so I can think straight. I have two little kids and I run around like a madman in the car and in the city and doing all this shit that I'm doing. And I should go and try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. But no, like anybody who's a night owl, you go on the couch, you put something on, and then if something's good, you're like, fuck it, there's no way I'm stopping, I'm not going to, you know, so one o'clock in the morning comes and they're showing that, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but I don't even know they had a History 2, it's called H2, there's so many channels out, so History 2 had this thing, um, it was like 24 hours, a documentary, it was a two hour documentary, 24 hours after John F. Kennedy was shot. So literally from like the minute after the second bullet hit him in the head, right when that minute starts to 24 hours, that's what the documentary was. Absolutely fascinating shit. Like it was so ridiculous and fascinating and sad. And I got to say, we've all seen footage of that tragedy because I mean listen I don't care whether you like somebody's politics or not the way that dude got got taken out is one of the most brutally violent things and through all the footage that I saw before this documentary they kind of just show it in slow motion and Oliver Stone's movie JFK with Kevin Costner you know they showed it and they showed his head go forward and then boom his head go to the side and all that stuff and you kind of saw it but this documentary had like real time and like I saw when that bullet like like, you know, blew the guy's fucking head off, man. Like, it was so unbelievably 
violent, like just soberingly violent. And then like his wife is laying on him and stuff. It was really, it was really tough to watch. Like I'm sitting there going, oh my God, like I hope they just like show it. And listen, I'm when I go to the movies, I like the real stuff. I like the gore. I like the violence. But this was like the fact that you knew it was real and the guy died in that moment next to his wife. Awful. But they showed like when, when he went to the hospital and Lyndon Johnson like was waiting and didn't know. And then Lyndon Johnson wanted to be sworn in on the plane before they took off. And he said that his brother Bobby said that they should do that. And his brother Bobby hated him. I was like, no fucking way would I say that. That's bullshit. And just like the way that it all went down. And then Lyndon Johnson thought he was going to take off on the plane. But they made the plane wait. And they brought Kennedy's body on the plane. Holy shit, man. And I was just thinking like, you know, Lyndon Johnson. I'm sure, Lyndon Johnson, I'm sure, was absolutely felt bad and all that. But like... I just feel like if there was, like, you know, texting back then, he would have texted, like, one of his, like, Texas homeboys and been like, holy shit, I'm the prez now. Like, you just got that vibe from him. And and I'm not saying he's a bad guy, and I don't know what it went down, but just unbelievable. And the thing that fascinates me about this this assassination is that 50 years later, there's there's smoke people saw stuff, people heard stuff, and just the fact that if the President of the United States could be taken out in that way, just a violent massacre, just getting shot down in the public in the public eye, literally just getting gunned down, getting his head blown off in the public eye like that, and our fucking government can't find the person, it just lets you know that if they want you out, man, whoever you are, Okay, that's the president of the United States. That's arguably the most powerful dude in the world. You can be erased. And it, it's it's scary. It just lets you know that like no matter how much... I know it's just weird to know that we have social security numbers. They could listen in on phone conversations. They know where you are. And, and it's just it's, it's just kind of freaky when you really think about it. Like the president of the United States just got smoked on television in front of everybody. And still to this day, nobody fully knows exactly what happened or who was involved, even if they do. That scares the shit out of me. But it was fascinating shit. It was it was unbelievable. And then, the, then part of it was... Uh, I guess J. Edgar Hoover didn't like the Kennedys or something, so they said, like, when he knew Kennedy died, he called his brother Bobby Kennedy and just said, like, they said almost verbatim, he was just like, the president's dead, and then, like, hung up. And Bobby Kennedy swore that, like, J. Edgar enjoyed telling him it. Just fascinating shit, man. It's just, and and it just goes to show, like, so many people, like, didn't like the Kennedys, and then that happened, and even his brother couldn't get the proper answers. Then they kill his brother. How crazy is that? I mean, they could, if, think about that. They could, if they could do that to the president, they could fuck, what could they do to the, a manager at Wendy's? Like, if you're just some fucking dude throwing pizzas up at Sal's Pizzeria, like, and they want you out, like, you're, ne- I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's actually scary. But it's fascinating all at the same time. I mean, I don't think if you worked at Wendy's <laughs> or Sal's Pizza, they would want you dead. I'm just saying, like, if, 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 if you're on a list, man, that's crazy. But it was, there's two things I really like in history. Um, And I mean, they're horrible things, but the the two things that really interest me in history is the John F. Kennedy assassination and World War II. Those are my two, like, 
I was talking to one of my son's teachers today, and she was like, yeah, I'm a math major. That's like learning fucking Chinese to me in an hour. Like numbers. I don't even remember fractions right now. If I had an eighth grade math book and it had fractions, I would have to be refreshed by somebody. I mean, I'd get it in a second, but if I, I couldn't right now just open a book, see fractions, and, and then like multiply them. Right now, I would just have to get a reminder of how to do it. I was an absolute idiot when it came to math. It was, it was literally like learning Chinese to me because I overthought it. I never kept it simple. Meanwhile, I would listen about World War II and have all little details about World War II and know it. Or in, in English, I can write a paper because I guess they say half of your brain is one way, half of your brain is the other way. I don't know. All I know is when my brain sees numbers, it's like, fuck this, I'm going to the beach. Like I'm mentally sitting somewhere else. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't, I can't do it. Like algebra and shit, are you kidding me? But I do like history, and that was pretty fascinating. So, um, but yeah. So if you guys see it, it's called it's called um, JFK twenty four hours after, or something like that. Or I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube. But you got to check it out because it was uh, wow, that was loud and weird. That was my um, charger. Sorry, everybody. That scared me. I'm talking about John F. Kennedy and stuff, and all of a sudden I just heard a, the thing just fell out. It's weird. All right. I guess that's my cue to move on. So, uh, gonna get into some sports here. What can I say? I was getting a ton of tweets about it. Everybody was giving me shit for it. But as much as people want to give me shit for it, and I'm and um, you know, I wish I was wrong because my prediction when they were zero and six was they were gonna win four of the next five. And guess what? Them losing to Dallas yesterday made them stop their four game winning streak. Streak, and they did exactly what I said they were gonna do. They won four out of the last five. Unfortunately, that one that they lost to Dallas is almost a backbreaker because now we're 0-4 in the division, and even if we finish with a tied record of 8-8 and or 9-7, and if that could even happen, uh, we don't make it because the other teams beat us in the division. So we would need to basically at this point win out or maybe lose one other game and be 8-8, eight and eight, and then hope for an absolute miracle that everybody that can compete with us in the NFC loses and goes on this horrible run. It's basically not going to happen. The Giants probably have a 5% chance. It, it may be less than to make the playoffs because of yesterday. And it, was, it sucked because I'm in the car listening to the fourth quarter going down to a gig. And when you're listening to a big game on the radio and you're driving at night, probably not the smartest thing. Because they'll be like, man, he scrambles out of trouble. He throws it up. He's got crew. And I'm just like, I'm in the car. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, the last thing I'm thinking about is if somebody's going to pull out in front of me or, or what's going to happen in the, in the car. I'm clapping. I was, I was literally in my car. And the Giants get a touchdown. And then I'm waiting, I'm waiting. They get another touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie the game in the fourth quarter. They got a touchdown and a two-point conversion to make it 21-21. I'm sure you guys saw the game. And I'm in my car clapping, and I'm going, oh, my God, they came all the way back. This is what they needed to happen. It's the fourth quarter. They're getting hot right now. MetLife Stadium is losing its mind. This is it. We're going to win this game. Only to listen to them go, it's third and ten, Romo goes back, he's got PZ for the first down, and that's going to do it, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, the Giants defense, which has made them win these four games, and which kept them in this, in this game, can't stop a third and ten, 
during a two-minute drill by Romo or whatever. They can't stop a third and ten, which allows the Cowboys to then run out the clock to two seconds and kick a 35-yard field goal and win the game with no time on the clock. Back-breaking. Oh, man, it was the Cowboys, so you know it was just oh, it was just a tough one. It was a tough one. So now I got the Giants sucking. I have the Knicks sucking. They're playing in Portland. And I don't know. That game might have just started or whatever. But they're 3-9, and nine, so they suck. All of this shit. Uh, baseball is dead to me, you know, pretty much. Because you just can't get into it. So I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe I'm just going to keep driving out to the Yale Bowl. And I'm going to just watch Yale play Princeton and and why a worst play calling ever by the way I've no, they didn't they were down 3 or 4 scores they lost 34 to th- 34 to 7 they were down like 3 or 4 scores on a fourth and one at midfield didn't go for it the place was booing uh every time they needed a big play they ran it up the gut for 2 yards it was the worst play calling it was awful You know, but that sucked. You know, it just sucked to watch the Giants, to watch the Giants lose to the Cow. And I don't care. Like, I'm not one of these people that I'm like. I'm so I got kids. I'm not so invested in it that it like ruins my day. But it would have just been nice to watch the Giants at least have a chance and play competitive football. And then, how about that Broncos, New England Patriots game? Oh my God, you got to be devastated if you're a Broncos fan. I got back home from the city last night, and it was the second quarter, and I just saw 17 nothing, and the Broncos scored again, and it was 24 nothing, and I'm like, oh, my God, are the Patriots going to get humiliated? I just want to see, see Belichick's face because I love Brady, and I think Brady is great. I think Brady's the greatest. I really do. But I just wanted to see Belichick's fat face just really fucking steam up because, I don't know, there's just something about him. I don't think he's a bad guy, but I just... Something about him, you know, the way he treats some reporters, and I get it, he doesn't need to be, but I just, just, I just wanted to see his face, like, really, and I'm like, all right, well, let's see, and then I'm like, no, but I'd like to see Brady come back, and when I was really torn, I was really torn yesterday, because I, I don't like the Patriots, but I really like Brady, and, uh, you know, I like the Broncos, but I wanted to see a competitive game, so if the Broncos just beat him, like, 42 to 10, it would have kind of sucked, and then I'm like, look, uh, let me see, like, if Brady's coaching. And I remember saying to my wife, I was like, no, I got to stay up now. I was so tired. My eyes were burning. I was thinking about bed yesterday from 2 o'clock. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, it's 24 nothing at the half. Even if Belichick, who's probably one of the best halftime adjust, you know, adjusters, adjustment makers in the league. I mean, I got to, you know, maybe he's not going to do it. But then I told my wife, like, I got to stay up and see. And then what does Brady do? In the third quarter, Brady throws three touchdowns to make it 24-21. And at that point, you knew the Broncos were done. And it goes to overtime. But one thing I disagree with, and I thought Belichick outthought himself, is you don't win the coin toss in overtime in a football game. You don't win that toss and fucking punt. And I don't care. Oh, he's Bill Belichick. He was thinking about the wind, and it fucked that. Okay? You just put up 24 unanswered points. On a team, okay? You you just put up, you just basically dominated with your offense. I don't give a shit about wind. I don't give a shit about that. He got lucky. 
he got lucky because the Broncos could have went down there and and it was it was bad play calling. It wasn't the wind. That's an awful call. You go down, you get the ball, whichever way you you can get it. Okay, you go win the fucking game. You get a touchdown. You don't even give him an opportunity. You do that. You know, shame on the Broncos for not scoring with that because that should have bit Belichick in the ass. That was crazy. You don't do that. He punted. And then the only reason why that game wasn't a tie was because that special teams guy on Denver got in Welker's way and the ball hit him in the legs and then the Patriots got the ball and they were able to, you know, to kick a field goal. So, but that was a brutal game. But you got you to gotta kick the ball. I know I'm not employed by any football team, and I know it's easy to say, you know, hindsight 20, but I'm, I'm saying that even though it worked out for Belichick. How do you win a coin toss in overtime and punt? Because the other team doesn't get a chance. I mean, against a team, but I guess maybe they knew something with the defense that they figured out. I don't know, but I just still disagree with the call. Belichick makes a lot of calls that I've, you know, that fourth and that fourth and two from his own 30, whatever, against the Colts that time or whatever. It's an awful football call. It's awful. And there's stupid people who play NFL like video games. I like that call. You know, they need to have that call more. I liked it. Why? Because you play Madden and you want to go for it on fucking fourth and 10 from your own 10 because it's fun. This is reality. You don't do that. So, whatever. I have no vested interest in that other than it was just a great game. It was a great football game. The Giants-Cowboys was great even though it didn't work out my way. And then the other thing, the other game was great too. So, um, that's it pretty much for sports. I don't have, I don't have much hope in the Knicks. I just, I said something to my buddy. I went to the, oh, I didn't, did I, did I didn't talk about this. Wait, did I talk about this? What day was that? What day did I go? Did I, I don't think I talked about this. How am I not going to talk about this? If, did I talk about going to the I don't know if I talked about going to the Knicks game. I went to the Knicks game, everybody. The Knicks against the Pacers. I went to that game. Um, and that foul call. If I spoke about this, I'm sorry, but I don't think I did. Me and my buddy comedian Dave Smith, I uh, was a huge Knicks fan. We went, and that call that Shumpert got on Paul George that, like, nicked his arm at the end of the game made me think. And I got to say this. I swear to God. I believe this wholeheartedly. The NBA is, if it's not fixed, the officials are told to keep things close or to kind of keep control of a game. I truly believe that. I saw it with my own two eyes. It definitely happened in, what was it, 2006 or whatever with that Kings-Lakers game. You know, that guy Donaghy that got caught, he wasn't the only one doing it. There's no fucking way. They target players they don't like. Like, they did it with Rasheed Wallace. They did it with um, Allen Iverson. That's what they do. But every single time, the Knicks needed momentum and got it. The officials did something to the point where the garden went from mad to confused. Like it was so weird and bizarre, the things that happened. Carmelo Anthony was getting smacked in the face, literally. They showed the hand on his nose and face smacked and nothing. And when these fucking asshole pacers were getting grazed at best, they were going to the line. Now, granted, 
Paul George did go to the line. amazing player, by the way, live. I was really glad that guy is going to be, that guy is a, a future, that guy is one of the best players in the NBA, hands down. That guy could be a future MVP. I mean, just an absolute awesome basketball player. And he, you know what? He stepped up and he hit the three threes. I mean, he hit the three foul shots. Okay, and then we had five seconds. Carmelo had a great look, and he missed it. So you can't, there's nothing you can say about that. But there, you cannot call that foul at the end of the game. And I'm surprised Stephen A. Smith and ESPN went along with it. That was bullshit. They beat the Pacers in regulation and got fucked. There's no other way to say it. I was dumbfounded and absolutely, utterly shocked that what happened in that game. The Knicks get no calls. And if they do anything, it was just awful. And, and, and it was obvious, and it sucked, and the NBA is fixed. The NBA is fixed. The NBA is told to keep certain games close. There is no doubt about it. I, I am actually saying that as a matter of factly. There is no way what went down could have went down naturally. There's, there's just no way. I, I, there was a bullshit refs. I don't know who had money on it, but it was horseshit. It's a fixed league. It's a fixed league. Michael Jordan got calls. What do you think? That that shit wasn't told by the commissioner? I don't care how good of a player he is. You know why Michael Jordan got calls? Because he was selling tickets. The commissioner loved him. He was the best player in the league. So you got to keep that guy at the line. You got to keep that guy getting points. You got to keep the fans going, oh my God, I got to see this guy play. It's fixed. Or it's controlled, I should say. And I'd love, if anybody can tell me what the line of that game was, please tell me. Because the Knicks were winning and then it went to... It went to overtime, and when it went to overtime, you knew something was wrong. The Knicks should have won the game in regulation, and like I said, he gets that bullshit foul, hits the three foul shots, Melo misses, and then that was it for us. We were in foul trouble, and we end up losing the game. But I said to Dave Smith, I said, there's just something about Carmelo Anthony's Carmelo Anthony just has a look on his face that he's going to smoke a joint and eat a steak regardless of what happens after the game. He just has that look. J.R. Smith gets the ball, pulls up. He was shooting shit. Like, it's just a weak. Can the Knicks get a fucking... Can we get somebody that just doesn't make the stupid mistakes and just concentrates on defense and is great. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Carmelo Anthony. He's a great basketball player. He's one of the best offensive players the Knicks have had. You can't... But, like, it's just... What's it going to take? And the, and the firewoods and things are just so stupid, like I said. But, all right, that's it for sports, everybody. Um, I, pr- I promise. Actually, you know what? I can't even promise because I don't know if I'm going to do it. <laughs> that was a weird way to say that. Listen, guys, I prompt. I 100%. No, no, I can't do that. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I did not see a movie again because of everything going on. But it is Thanksgiving weekend, and I will make it my mission. Okay, so I'm going to come as close as I can without promising, but I want to see a movie and then give you guys a review. I'm insanely psyched about this movie with Christian Bale and Casey Affleck. Um, I heard it's amazing. So I wanna I wanna see that. I didn't see Gravity, uh, I, and I don't think I'm gonna. Nor do I really care. I'll just wait on DVD. Like I don't need to think I'm in space because I'm not in fucking space. So um, <laughs> that one I want to see, and there's a couple of other movies that I really want to see. And no, Best Man Holiday is not one of them. 
But what else is another one that I that I I'm not interested in seeing? I'm not interested in Best Man Holiday. I am kind of interested interested. I'm interested in seeing the Hunger Games too because I did like the Hunger Games one. Although my criticism on the Hunger Games one is, I, I just don't think you could make a movie about kids killing each other and not see violence. It, it just it was just silly to me, you know. I want to see some little hicks, uh, some little <laughs> little hicks. <laughs> Little prick's head just fly into a tree. I want to see that. You know, I want to see the bee stings. I want to see that. You're in this game to kill each other. And it was just like, it wasn't it wasn't as violent as it should have been. The Hunger Games, the first one, would have been amazing. As I stated in my review, go back, Verzi Effect Podcast, with me, your host, Paul Verzi, at that, at that review. And you could hear what I said about it. But I will uh, reiterate because I'm going to see the second one. And uh, my buddy, Chris Lamberth. Shout out to Chris Lamberth, um, who actually I think he did see Best Man Holiday. But, you know, Chris is, I mean, Chris likes anything black. You know, I asked Chris today, I said, um, who you, you know, like, we were talking about the NFL, and I was like, I think the San Fran's going to beat the shit out of your uh, Redskins. And he's like, yeah, I wish they could both win, man. You know, two black quarterbacks. I'm not really a fan of any team. I just, I just like the black quarterbacks. Any, like, negative thing that anybody could say about a black athlete, he roots for that guy so much, which I kind of, I kind of respect, but, um, no, the Hunger Games, the first one, there should have been gore and violence, and little kids should have been getting fucking sniped out, and there should have been blood and guts, and it would have made people go, oh my god, this is serious, instead of this, like, I don't think you could have it both ways, kids killing each other, but let's be able to, to have, like, 13-year-olds see it, that's horse shit, I think, or even 17-year-olds, I want to see shit that people are like, oh my god, these kids are killing each other. Because in reality, if you did have the Hunger Games and those kids really did have to kill each other, there would be some laying body there beaten, bludgeoned, and fucked up. And that you should see that. I said Scorsese needs to do the next Hunger Games. You know, I have one of the little guys, like a Joe Pesci is one of the guys. Like, I'm going to take this fucking get. I'm going to take this girl by the back of her fucking ponytail and slam it through and just watch it happen. That would be great. <laughs> Oh, how great would that spoof be? Don't take the idea. Martin Scorsese's, like, Hungry Games, and it's just a bunch of... <laughs> it's just a bunch of Italians in, like, a supermarket of Italian food, and they just, like, had to kill each other, and, like, whoever wins gets to bring all this stuff home. And they got... They all got... <laughs> They all got, like, leather jackets and baseball bats. You know, like, yeah, I know. I'm going to go kill her in aisle seven. Let me just put this fucking cologne on. That would be a great spoof. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> or, like, fat people. The, the <laughs> I'm Still Hungry Games. And it's just, uh, that's like, that's John Panette's album's name is Still Hungry. But that'd be funny. The hungrier games, and it's just you just see like in the distance two sides of kids that are just mammoths, like three hundred and four hundred pounders, just walking in slow motion. And when their fat fucking tree trunk legs hit the ground, like the coming attraction is just like boof, boof, <laughs> just a bunch of obese teenagers. <laughs> the hungrier games. I'm giddy right now. 
I'm giddy, which means that was really funny because I have tears in my eyes or I'm extremely tired and it's not funny. I know the Italian one is kind of like, you know, it's an easy premise because they're Italians and stuff. But like if Scorsese did something hacky like that and they were just, that would be a funny, you got to admit, that would be like a funny SNL or like, you know, just spoof on YouTube. Um, but I, I thought it should have been more violent. I'm looking forward to, to seeing the second one. Now I don't think I'm going to be able to see the second one with a straight face. Um, but I, I want to see the Hunger Games too, and hopefully, if they hopefully they, they spice it up with the violence a little bit more. I, I, you know, like the movie Gladiator with uh, Russell Crowe, and is a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies. That was like ridiculous when like he sticks a sword in a guy's chest, looks around and sticks his other sword in the guy's chest, looks around, gets the approval from people and then he takes out both swords and then clanks them together on the guy's neck and the guy's head pops off. You know, you see, but like that's what Gladiator was. Like Gladiator was, you know, Gladiators did that in the Coliseum. If you're going to make a book called The Hunger Games where kids got to kill each other, I don't want to see them like, you know, just fall down and throw a rock and then it's over and you just figure they're dead. Go for it. But I will see Hunger Games too and review it. And if I don't like it, I'll review it, you know, I'll, I'll go after them. But uh, so Hunger Games 2 and I think it's Out of the Furnace. Onto the furnace. Anyway, the one with Christian Bale and Casey Affleck. I got to see that movie. Because that looks good. And that's it. Is there any other movies that you guys could recommend? Let me know. I want to see it. I want to go on a little movie run. The best gift you can get if you're a moviegoer is the card to the to the... You know, to the Lowe's or to the Regal or to the AMC, you just get like a 50 or or $100 gift card to it. You don't have to worry about, you know, so you just put that on there. And then you could just worry about candy. And if you still have a ton of leftover candy like we do, because my wife bought two fucking garbage bags full and I think four kids came here, um, you bring your candy to the movie. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's get into some plugs here. And you guys can go on with your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure enjoyed being with you today. And if that was my demeanor, my, my fucking listenership would go down if I was like, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. You guys are listening to episode 137. That's a lot, right? I mean, I, I've been doing this for so long now. Anyway, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving because that's one of the biggest holidays in our country. You guys would be like, all right, Scoo, Joe Rogan experience, here we come. All right. <laughs> what do I got? Well, you know what? This is pretty simple, pretty simple with the plugs this week. I, um, for December, because I'm just basically, after Thanksgiving, I am, oh no, here's one plug that I will definitely do. Um, on November 29th and November 30th, I will be opening for Rich Voss at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, one of the best headline comedy clubs. Now, Gotham is not like Stand Up New York and The Stand, where it's showcase, you know, showcase, where it's like a host and like five comedians go up and do 12 to 15 minutes. This is a headline comedy club on the weekend, which means... A couple people do 15 minutes, and then you have a headliner do an hour. Well, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, this weekend, it is uh, the hilarious, legendary Rich Voss, amazing comedian for so 
for decades. He's just great. And I'm going to be opening for him on November 29th and 30th. So if you are in the New York City area and you want to see a great show, please come out to Gotham Comedy Club because that's going to be a great one. And uh, it's just, it's a great room to watch comedy. It's even though it, it, it's, you know, it seats a few hundred people, but it's intimate, it's cozy, and um, it's a great time. It is located on 23rd Street and, yes, 23rd between uh, 7th and 8th Avenues. So come out, check that out, November 29th and 30th. And then I do have, I just got today, a, all of my, or a bunch of my December dates. I am not traveling away from my family anytime soon. I am going to be, to finish out the year in December, I am going to be home. However, I will be performing at the University of Delaware on December 3rd. But I am not flying to Delaware because that would be fucking stupid. And then all my other December dates will be posted up on the uh, updated website, which I have to do. My website is not updated. There's a lot of old dates on there, but that will be fixed by tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, check out www.paulversey.com. You will see all of my December dates. Going to do a little uh, tune-up to the uh, website, and you guys can check that out. Also, um, please follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's at capital P-A-U-L, capital V, and then I-R-Z-I. Follow me on Twitter. I'm close to about 3,000 Twitter followers, and I suck at Twitter, and I'm starting to get better at it. So follow me on Twitter there. Check out my website. Get me on Facebook. Leave me messages, and um, that's it. I want to do the From the Fans again. I just want to do it in a fun, different way than just telling you guys, hey, send something random. I haven't figured it out yet, but if you do have something you want me to talk about, please send it to me, and I will talk about it. I will we'll have fun with it. I'll shout you out on the show. Thank you for all the new listeners who listened, and anybody who did see me in um, Southern Connecticut State University and also at the Stand or Stand Up New York this week. Oh, last thing I want to say is um, I'm going to be making an announcement soon on where I'm going to be taping my debut my debut comedy um, album slash hour. Um, still haven't decided if it's just going to be an audio CD or if I'm actually going to do a DVD shoot. But either way, the first album is going to be recorded um, sometime in the first quarter of next year. Um, I'm hoping sometime late January or February we're looking to do a venue and I really have to tell you that I really want to shoot the special at Southern Connecticut State University. Uh, I've been there twice. It's been amazing. It sounds amazing. It feels amazing. It looks amazing. And uh, those fans and those people out there are, I'm not even kidding, they are the best. And normally Connecticut, certain places in Connecticut, you're like, holy shit, but it was awesome, and I'm thinking about doing that, and I will make my decision. And if I'm not doing it there, I might do it someplace in New York City, but that's what I'm thinking about doing. I know a lot of people say, man, Verzi, when's your album coming out? I can't wait for your album. Well, I just want to make sure that my uh, my album, my first album is special because it's going to be the first thing that I have out there available for the world to buy and to hear me. And uh, I'm going to make that decision soon. So please thank you for your support and all that stuff. But for you people that were asking, my album's coming out. It's coming out soon. We're working on a title. We're working on all the, you know, once I get the title, we're going to put the stuff together and we're going to get it out there. So I will let you guys know about that. Um, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. So I want to say to everybody that um, 
I appreciate uh, you listening. I hope that you and um, your family have an amazing Thanksgiving on Thursday. And I'm doing something that I haven't done. I'm doing something I only did once, and I'm doing it again. And I suggest you guys do this. And I talked about it last Thanksgiving. If you want to make your Thanksgiving more pleasurable, I'm telling you this right now. Don't gorge yourself. People have this thing where they stay, they eat a shitload of turkey, thanks, you know, stuffing, you know, whatever the the, the sweet potatoes and the green beans and the cranberry sauce and then they have a second helping and then there's an aunt who comes over and brings an extra stuffing with this one doesn't have this one's got a little spice in it and all kinds of shit and before you know it you had three types of stuffings you had sweet potatoes you had um whatever fucking yams and turkey and cranberry sauce and all kinds of shit and sometimes people make macaroni and cheese which I really want to make but now I don't know if we're going to have the time because whatever but all I'm saying is do what I did it worked for me if you're trying to watch your weight don't just eat like a fucking pig and then sleep on the couch and watch football and feel like that and that's why you feel like that here's what you do it makes Thanksgiving better and it makes it look it makes you enjoy and cherish what you're eating have one helping with not that much. Enough to obviously satisfy you. You're full. You don't need to eat anymore. I mean, I'm not saying eat like a bird, but I'm saying get your helpings. Make sure you, you had enough and you don't gorge yourself. This way you stay up. You're not as tired. and You don't feel like a fat fuck. I'm telling you, I did it last year and it worked. So when you're thinking about, I know some of you people are like, no, fuck that. That's what Thanksgiving is. I'll go on a diet. No, I did it last time. And I remember afterwards I had that in my mind and I did it on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And afterwards, that's when people are like, oh man, you're losing weight. You look good. And I still enjoyed it because I didn't gorge myself or use it as an excuse. There you go. That's my Dr. Oz moment for the day. Don't gorge yourself like the fat prick you want to be. Okay. Eat like the responsible human being you should be. Boom. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope everybody has a good one with their family. A lot to be thankful for. And um, that's it. So this has been episode 137 with me, your host, Paul Verzi. Uh, Episode 138 will be up either next Sunday night or next Monday. And uh, that is pretty much it. If you guys have any questions, want me to talk about anything next time, let me know. And leave your comments um, on Twitter, on iTunes, or whatever. So until next time, everybody, I appreciate it. I am out of here. I will talk to you soon. Happy Thanksgiving.